everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kingdom Concepts. We're so blessed that you're here with us today watching. Um, you know, we're going to have an amazing episode, so stay tuned. Make sure that you are ready. If you have don't have your Bible out, you don't have your notebook, grab it, put us on pause, but come back and get ready to have uh, the next 25 minutes just bless you. Amen. God is doing great things, and the pen remembers more than the mind sometimes. That's so true. So, I go back to my notes when I don't, when I'm reading or, uh, you know, at church and doing messages or whatever. I always go back to my notes because I, I remember the message and I think, what did I write down? I always go back to our notes. Yeah, I think that's just part of being a good student. You know, you tend yeah. to retain things. And, you know, it's been amazing just seeing how God has been moving forward, you know, in the lives of his people. And right. just watching how God is just adjusting things and preparing things you know, for this season that we're in. Because I believe that this is the greatest season that the body of Christ has ever seen. You know, this is harvest time. Amen. Amen. And the Lord said, pray for the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. And, and that is the prayer of the Lord, that people would enter into that place of serving Him. But not just to serve Him, but to serve Him in greatness. Amen. Um, because, you know, Jesus is coming soon. And the problem isn't with the harvest. He said the harvest is great. You know, but we need to be greater mm -hmm. than that harvest in what we do for God. And there are things that will try to limit us from doing what we can for the Lord. There's things that will try to stop us from doing what we can for the Lord. And what I've learned is that, you know, the enemy, old Slewfoot, Satan, he's going to do everything that he can. We, want, we know that we want out against flesh and blood. It's against powers and principalities, you know, and we can deal with that. But I think sometimes the enemy within us. You know, it can do so much more damage than what the devil ever could do, mm -hmm. you know, if he's given opportunity. I mean, what do you think are some of the things that um, that people have within themselves that keep them fulfilling that purpose or reaching that harvest, stepping into being that servant that God wants them oh, to God. be? Oh, God. So many things. I, I think so many things that stop people from fulfilling their destiny, fulfilling their purpose, getting stuck where they're at, you know, staying satisfied mm -hmm. where they're at. There are past mistakes, past regrets, mm -hmm. you know, other people bringing up past mistakes and past regrets. You know, it's one thing when you, you have a mistake or a regret or something that you did that you just wish that you never would have done. But you've repented, you've asked God to forgive you, and you're trying to go forward, but then you have somebody come to remind you. Yeah. You know, I, I, I believe that that's a lot of times, you know, some people stay stuck because in their mind they're thinking, well, everybody always is going to remember what I did when it doesn't matter what everybody remembers. It remembers, it, it matters what you've been redeemed of, not what people have remembered. So I think that people get stuck in their past. They get stuck in past mistakes, get past and And even sometimes they get stuck, you know, in, 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 uh, uh, the glory days, it'll never be better than it was. And you always say this, you say, you know what, if your if your past looks better than your future, you're, you're in, trouble. you're in trouble. You know, it shouldn't be, oh, I wish it would be this day, or oh, I wish it would be that day, or remember when. And those are good things to remember. That's great. Yeah. But to go forward, we're, we were born at such a time as this. This is our time, you yeah. know. Uh, when we hear that that statement, we think of Esther. I was born, she was born for such a time to do what she did. But that was her time. This is our time. God wanted us to be born and to live at this time. He trusted us with the harvest, mm -hmm. you know. 
he trusted us to be able to be in this age where there's social media, where there's things at the touch of a button. He trusted us with this. Mm -hmm. And that's an amazing thing that he trusted us with where we're at right now, where we're going. Yeah, you know, because we've... We've been anointed for end time people. That's right. We've been anointed to minister to people in, in this season. And thank God for the breakthroughs that have come through technology because we're able to minister to more people at one time using, you know, the avenues that are available, television, radio, internet, social media. You can minister to more people in a moment around the world from one location than what some people spent their whole life trying to do you know, traveling. And so we have these tools that have been given to us. And, you know, as you said, sometimes past mistakes keep us from, you know, desiring to move forward or having, you know, that confidence that you can, because there always is going to be somebody that will remind you. But I, I think sometimes the worst person to remind you of what you've done wrong or where you failed is yourself. Yes. And, mm -hmm. and it can keep you from wanting to try again. Um, you know, to uh, overcome, you know, whatever that mistake was or whatever that failure was. You know, I remember when I had a motorcycle accident one time in Texas, um, the first thing I had to do was get back on another motorcycle to mm -hmm. shake off that that fear of failing, mm -hmm. you know, of wrecking. I had to get on a motorcycle to shake that feeling off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I rode until it did go away because, you know, uh, things will try to limit you. And But what if you would have never got back on because of that one pitfall, that one you know, that crash, it was pretty big. You know, what if you would, I mean, you woke up, you didn't know where you were, you know, what, what if you would have just stopped right there? Well, you know, it would have, it would have put a serious pause on the destiny that God has That's for us right. because now, you know, I'm the president for the California chapters of the Chariots of Light, right. you know, Dr. Seville's ministry. And I never would have been the president of a motorcycle ministry if I had never got back on that motorcycle, right. that tool that God had given me. And so sometimes it's because of, you know, faults or failures, you know, mistakes that keep us from moving forward. But then, you know, part of the subject matter that we've been talking about is complacency. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there are other things that can keep you from going forward as well. It's not always your failure. Sometimes it's the things that you've done right or the things that you know how to do well. Mm -hmm. That can sometimes create an environment that you are totally blind mm -hmm. to how much it can contain, control, and limit mm -hmm. what God wants to accomplish in your life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, today we're going to be talking about pitfalls of complacency. Mm -hmm. Because there are things that you can fall into. Um, things that will cause you to, um, to lose your balance, lose your place. Uh, and complacency is a huge thing. Because it's not always what we think it is. It's yes. it's more than being lazy. It's it's not you know you being in a, a a position where you're just not wanting to do anything. You're unmotivated. You know we learned in the last episode that complacency it's it's pride. Mm -hmm. You know if you want, why don't you yes, read sir. that definition that we have yes. for complacency? We found this in the Webster Dictionary. Yes, it says this. Um, we're talking today about the pitfalls of complacency, and this is what the word complacency means. It, a lot of them were uh, they they were very much um, when I was reading this, it was surprising that it it coincided with the word complacency. But this is what it says in Webster's. It says self satisfaction, especially when accompanied by unawareness of actual dangers or deficiencies, self admiration, mm -hmm. self conceit, self esteem, and and when they talk about self-esteem there, it's not the, the self-esteem like, um, like you know, I, I have a good self-esteem. I have a mm -hmm. good self-image of myself. It's mm -hmm. self-esteem more like I, I 
look at me, look at who I am, that kind yeah. of self-esteem. Self-esteem, self-glory, self-importance, self-love, self-satisfaction, and the swelled head. <laughs> There's a lot of self in there going on, you know? Selfish. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight things talk about self when it comes to complacency. And, and when you think about yourself, it, it, you think about pride and, and that selfishness. And the pride is the original sin, obviously, but the word complacency comes from the word, um, it's a Latin word, and I'm trying, it says complacent temp, that's what it comes from, and it means to be pleased with oneself. That's what complacency means. Yeah, because when you come to a place where you're, I mean, there's nothing wrong with you being happy with who you are yes, and absolutely. where you're at, but what's a blessing can become a limitation that's right. if, if it's not handled properly and and, you know, in Satan, that's how, you know, he caused Adam and Eve mm -hmm. to fall. You know, pride is original sin. It was when he tried pushing the thought that you can be just like God. You know, not to be content that God is God and, and we are who we are, mm -hmm. but that you can be just as good as God. You can mm -hmm. be better than that. He's trying to keep something from you. Pride caused them to feel like, you know what, I can be better than God. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what caused Satan to fall. It was his wow. pride. Yeah. You know, wanting to have everything that God is and... And it caused him to fall. And pride, you know, is always when you have an over-exaggerated opinion mm -hmm. about yourself. It's such a good definition. It really is. Yeah, because it's, it's more than just being confident. It's, it's you being blind to how good you think you are. Mm -hmm. You know, others can see pride coming a mile away. Often you can tell when someone has, you know, they just reek of pride. Yes. And you can tell when someone's clothed with humility. And I think a lot of times that... You know, when it comes to pride, we're blind to it. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't realize how strong it has become until you're, most of the time, it's when you're facing a fall mm -hmm. or when you're, right? Because it always happens before a failure, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, the, the Bible is true. It tells us that, you know, pride is going to come before a fall. And so it's so important that, you know, we don't get caught up in, in our own strength sometimes. You always have to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Because without humility, we're going to find ourselves in a situation where God can have the right way uh, in front of us. God can present the path, the plan, the cure, and you can miss out on it. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, uh, you know, as we were praying about this and talking about this subject of complacency, you know, I was reminded of a man named Nahum mm -hmm. in the Bible. And over in, uh, let me find this. I want to say it's over in Second Second Kings chapter five. You know, it, it tells the story. We can, we can begin in uh, verse nine, but it starts off telling the story about how this man was this mighty warrior, and man, the the Lord just really had helped this guy to bring great victory to his king. It says he was just this mighty oh, yeah. warrior, but he Amen. was a leper. Amen. He had this disease that was killing him. And the Bible talks about how one of the one of you know the you know the daughters of God you know one of his children of Israel you know she knew the problem that he was having and she said man there's a prophet she said from our land that man he could heal this guy he knows how to touch God and heal this guy I'm just paraphrasing you know he, he can he can be an answer and so Nahum went to where the prophet was and it says right here Naaman uh, and it says that he came with his horses verse nine. And chariots, and they stopped at Elijah's door. And Elijah sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. 
But Naaman was angry and went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over this place where the leprosy was and that he would heal, you know, the leper. Are not Abana and Parfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and said to him, my father, I mean, this was a man that, you know, this was his, you know, there was, this is a term of endearment. Yeah. He said, my father, yeah. he said, if the prophet had bid you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? He says, how much rather than when he says to you something as simple as go wash and be clean. Mm -hmm. Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan as the man of God had said, and his flesh was restored like that of a little child. And he was clean. Now, this is what's amazing about this mm -hmm. story. I love that story. Is that pride, amen, pride, complacency said, I know what's better for me to be mm -hmm. healed. Well, if that was the case, he would have already been That's free right. from the leprosy. That's right. But the thing is that he had his own opinion of how God should be able to use this man of God to meet his need. And pride almost kept him from receiving his That's miracle. Right. Pride said, I know better. There's other rivers that are better. He could have went and jumped in those rivers seven times over and still would not have received his miracle. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until he let go of that complacency, that self-conceit, that ego, mm -hmm. you know, that arrogance, that fat head, that his miracle came mm -hmm. when he submitted himself mm -hmm. under, you know, the, the will of the Lord, the word of God, the man of God, and then his miracle came. Mm -hmm. You know what I find about uh, this just pride is that pride can be detected no matter who you are, mm -hmm. whether you're in the world, you're, uh, you know, at a secular job, or you're, you know, just even the grocery store, and it's recognizable by a anybody, mm -hmm. even even in the workforce and secular world, whether you're a Christian or not, you can recognize pride. Mm -hmm. You can recognize pride on anybody, and and you're not attracted to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even even somebody that wants to go higher and wants to go in a different position, they're still not attracted to the pride. They may be attracted to what the position is, but they're not attracted to pride. And as Christians, when we see pride, it's easily detected because we have that um, discernment. But yet when you're in it, mm. it's so hard. When you're in that pride, it's so hard to detect it amongst yourself. That's why it's so important to stick close to God and to sit close to him because he'll, boy, if we allow God a voice in our life and allow uh, a, a pastor or a teacher or a mentor or whatever in a, a voice in our life, they can de detect things and, sh you know, show us down the right path. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when we can't even see it ourselves, you know. And, you know, and there are things that, you know, come, you know, pitfalls that you see that show up, you know, when complacency is present. You know, we already touched on some of these things that, you know, pride or complacency always comes before a fall. Mm -hmm. There, you, you don't have a fall and then you're prideful. You know, usually humility comes after you've fallen. Mm -hmm. But pride will always come before a fall. And then the second thing is that pride will always come before failure. Mm -hmm. And again, sometimes you can be the best at what you do, but when pride is is in a position to where it knows better than everyone else it thinks better it's better than anyone else you know what i'm saying to when your way is the best way you're better than others because that's what self-conceit and mm -hmm. arrogance and being self-satisfied all these things you know self-importance when all of those things are at an unhealthy level then you position yourself 
to get ready to suffer some loss and some yeah. failure. I remember on my uh, when I was working in the secular world, I was working for a truck manufacturing sure. plant, and I was a supervisor. I remember I had like 64 employees that were under you know my supervision, and in one of the areas where they would build the walls for these that would be mounted on these trucks, you know, they'd build what they call the liner. It's basically the inside of the wall. Stuff that you, you know. What kind of trucks do you used to make? So big, like, made, like big, like U-Haul looking trucks, you know, Penske, Ryder, mm -hmm. you know, anything. The back of it. Small ones and big ones. We used to build the whole truck. Oh. And I remember uh, in the one department, it's called the liner department, where they'd build the walls. Uh, I had a, a crew of men, there's probably about five or six guys that would build these walls. And I had one guy that this guy did the work of almost three people. Mm. I mean, he did at least the work of two. He was that good. He was very, very good at his job. But that guy had so much pride, not healthy. Like he cared about what his work mm. was. Mm. The thing was that he always let everybody else know you're worse than me. You're, mm -hmm. you're, he, he would degrade them. He'd make fun of them. Um, he would on purpose uh, sometimes work slow, you know, to, to, to make them have to work harder. And he was just very cocky and arrogant. Mm -hmm. And I remember dealing with him about this and talking to him about this. And he knew he was the best. Mm -hmm. And I remember it came down to me one day having to let him go. And I remember when I when I fired him, he was like, I'm the best guy that you have. And I said, you are. I said, but nobody wants to work with you. I said, you're changing the whole atmosphere of this team to where I have people that are wanting to quit because of this attitude that you have and because of this pride that you have. And I'd already tried helping him, but he didn't. Pride caused him to refuse help, to mm -hmm. refuse correction, because pride will keep you in a place to where you're unteachable. Oh, yes, absolutely. And And, and that's where... That's where he was at, so it cost him. And now, if that can happen in the natural realm, you know that can happen to you in life. Absolutely, it can happen to you in ministry. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think you're better than your spouse, mm -hmm. you know you're not going to be preferring them above yourself, mm -hmm. and they're going to feel that. They're yeah, going to know yeah. that you think you're better. Yeah, and you're not going to want to glean from them, learn from them. You know, when you when you know, I listen to my pastor husband. I listen to you. Every single service, mm -hmm. and I don't sit there go sit there with with no notebook, no Bible. I sit there with my notebook, with my Bible, and I take notes because what you're saying when you walk behind that pulpit, what you're saying is what I need. Mm -hmm. What you're saying is what I need, and I take my notes. I I I don't just sit there. No, he's just this is just my husband. That's just another message. I already know his message. I already have his notes. I don't. I sit there because I know what you have to say. I'm going to learn from, and and I have to make sure that I'm teachable. Because I want to learn. And I don't want to ever be prideful. I don't ever yeah. want to be at the place to where I'm not, um, you know, examining myself. You know, where I'm complacent in the place where I'm at. I want to cons consistently grow. I want to consistently be better. And so anything that the Word has for me, I want in my life. And we help each other. Absolutely. I mean, when you're preparing, I mean, I, I listen to you and I receive from you mm -hmm. and, and vice versa. And, and we help each other when it comes to different subject matters. We, we preach to each other. Absolutely. You know, we help each other. And because I steal your notes. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I preach your stuff all the time. <laughs> you know, um, there's a scripture that goes okay. right hand in hand with this. Um, James you have 4, it there. 6. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me read it. James 4, 6 says this, but he giveth more grace where, for he says, God re resisteth the proud. But giveth grace unto the humble. Amen. You know, pride will put you in a place to where, again, you're you're resisting God. Adam and Eve, they resisted God. And what happened, man? They fell. Mm. 
You know, Satan resisted God. He was the worship leader in heaven, and he fell. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to humility, it's an amazing how when you humble yourself, how God will meet you right there. Look at King David. When David, you know, uh, some of the things that he did, he failed. You know, just like anybody, he fell into sin. And, you know, he, he committed some of the worst sins you could think of. I mean, he murdered, you know, things, he lied, all this stuff. Okay. But he knew how to repent. He, he knew to humble himself and fall on the grace of God. And God always met him there. Notice it said that uh, he giveth more grace. More grace to who? To humility, mm -hmm. more grace to the person that says, "Lord, I know I blew it, but Lord, I believe that Your love is greater than mm -hmm. my mistake." Or, yes. Lord, I know, Lord, that that in myself, Lord, that that I can't succeed, but Lord, I know that with You, mm -hmm. all things are possible. You know, humility always causes you to have a healthy value system. You understand that that God is not going to fail you. Therefore, you don't have to rest in your own strength. You're able to rest in His power mm -hmm. and in His might. And you know, complacency, when it goes unchallenged, complacency, what I've learned is that it causes people to lose their sense of urgency. Mm -hmm. You just don't feel like you need to be moving forward. You don't feel like you, you need to make changes because you're satisfied. It's that self-satisfaction. I'm okay with where we're at. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with where I'm at. And when you reach that place, you're not open to change. Mm -hmm. You know, complacency will cause you to feel like you're an expert in what you do. That's why, like in business, um, they have what they call the Peter Principle, mm -hmm. to where basically the life expectancy of a, a CEO in a corporation is only four years, mm -hmm. because a person will come in with all these innovative, creative ideas. They come in with on this 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 strength that they have uh, for that field, but then when they refuse to continue to grow and they just rest in what they've done right all along. They basically go to their level. They grow to their level of incompetence, mm. to where they're no longer beneficial to that company. So they have to find somebody else. They're complacent. Yeah, they've reached somewhere. They're doing a great job, but they've reached that level where they're okay. They're happy where they're at. They've mm. become complacent. Well, I love what you know. Uh, Babe Ruth said something one time. <laughs> he said, "You cannot win tonight's game." with yesterday's home run. Oh, that's true. That's so <laughs> and good. It's, and it's true. You, you know, you have to be focusing on where you're at well, yeah. today. Every time you go in the ring, every time those boxers go in the ring, they have those big belts and they're, you know, doing this whole thing. Well, within the matter of one punch, that belt could be gone. And if they go into that with, a, oh, I won last time and they don't train, they don't condition themselves, they don't practice, they don't, you know, spar, they don't do all those things that they need to do, they can walk in that ring Nobody can take away the fact that they had that belt. That was their belt. But they walk in, it could be taken with from them in a second. I mean, boom, yeah. you're gone, you know? In, in, a, in a heartbeat, you know? And, and that's why you see so many sometimes that, you know, they, they lose that hunger. And that, that, you know, and it's because of complacency. No more eye of the tiger. Yeah, there's, there's just, there's it's no, gone. It's gone. It's gone. You know, they're, they're, they're relishing in like what you said earlier on yesterday's victories and not on... You know the victories that they're attaining to today. Um, mm. You know, with us bringing this this message today, this teaching to a close. You know, one of the biggest pitfalls of complacency. I mean, what would you say it is? Satisfaction. I mm. think that that your satis just the satisfaction of where you're at. It's it's a it's one of the greatest things because you become prideful and. Think that you're you've arrived yeah and when you and when you come to that place what I have found is that you no longer seek God first yes 
you know, yourself comes before uh, your time with him, your purpose mm -hmm. for him, uh, your availability to mm -hmm. him. And, uh, and so that's something that you have to mm -hmm. address because those pitfalls are real. Yeah, and even if you're a Christian, though, it's not just a... It's not just a non-Christian, it's just even a Christian, you know, you love God, you know, you go to a good church, you have a good family, and, and you're satisfied. So you quit seeking God, you know, you, you everything that you have becomes first before God, so what you said. You can't quit, quit seeking God daily, quit seeking God for what He would have for you. You stay stuck. You stay stuck on what He had for you, and it wasn't everything that He had for you. It's what He had for you at that time, and He wants you to go greater. Yeah. He always has better. He always has something better. You know, this past week, uh, the Lord's been stretching even my level of faith and my level of expectancy. And when I think about what he's asking of me, I'm like, okay, God, all right. Yeah. If you put it there, you, you you can do this, you know. And if I don't know if you're watching right now or uh, uh, where you're at. Search your heart. God will show you where what area of your life is a pitfall for you, whether it's a person um, a situation, an attitude, a, a self-esteem issue that's not esteem in who you are, but an esteem is that I'm better than anybody. God will direct you and he'll teach you how to turn that all around and, and just give you that grace to be humble in those areas. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We love you.